The seventh rotation is a podcast committed to advancing Summit League volleyball and commending its student athletes on their accolades and devotion to the sport. This podcast is hosted by Maddie Boston and Joel Kaskinen. Welcome back to the seventh rotation postseason edition. It is NCAA tournament time. It's NIVC tournament time. And the Summit League is so blessed, in my opinion, to have four teams playing in some sort of postseason action. Before we dive in tonight, I just want to let you all know that Joel is not able to be here with me and with us tonight. I am unsure of whether or not he will join me later in the episode. I am hopeful, um, but I just don't know. So if not, it'll be just me. I will also be transparent and let you know that I have quite literally never done this by myself before. I don't know how this is going to go. I have no one to like refute my thoughts and opinions. Maybe I'll refute them myself after I hear them come out of my mouth. I genuinely have no idea. Uh, So yeah, let's just see how this goes. First, um, congrats to the Coyotes after an epic Summit League tournament. Three-peat, fourth time in five years that they have represented the Summit League in the NCAA Volleyball Tournament. Just super cool for them. Great for the program, the school. Um, Great for Coach Williamson. We are super proud of them. Mostly Joel because he's a coyote um, and I'm not, but I am still still proud of them, still happy for them, and still happy for the league. With that incredible, incredible job to all of the teams that played, um, I know our first match between SDSU and Denver went five sets and it was an absolute like heart stopper. I was nervous the entire time. Um, NDSU, UND played well. And then Omaha taking out NDSU. I truly um, wasn't sure if that was going to happen or not. So just congrats to everyone on a great season. Um, And those of you that are not playing in the postseason, we are excited to see you play next season. With that, um, ORU today decided to make a coaching change. Um, So Coach Frank Craig III is out at Oral Roberts, and they will have a new leader for next season. So we are excited to see who who that will be. They have stated that they are immediately starting a nationwide search for a head coach. So we're excited to see who fills in that spot. All right, let's talk postseason volleyball. We're going to start with our NIVC teams, and then we will um, finish up with our Yotes in the NCAA tournament. So firstly, if you are unfamiliar with the NIVC, it is the National Invitational Volleyball Championship. Um, Functions just like the NIT in men's basketball or the WNIT in women's basketball. Um, The school's bid to host Whoever hosts in the first round also hosts in the second round. And then um, after that, it just goes back and forth based on bid and all of those things. And it will be, even for the like semifinals and championship, will still be on somebody's home court. Somebody will host, much like the WNIT. 
So that's the situation there. That is what the NIVC is. They take 32 to 40 teams every year. Summit League teams that were invited to the NIVC this year, um, Omaha was the automatic qualifier. And then North Dakota State and South Dakota State both also got invited and accepted. So we actually have four Summit League volleyball matches or Summit League teams in action, I should say, on Friday with these three in the NIVC and with USD um, in the NCAA tournament. So let's go ahead and start with SDSU. They will be heading down to Edinburgh, Texas to play in the um, UT Rio Grande Valley pod. Rio Grande Valley is hosting the first round of the NIVC. So if you remember, SDSU was 17 and 14 overall um, after the Summit League tournament after losing to Denver 3-2 to in the quarterfinal round last weekend. SDSU won just over 61% of its matches this year. I think it was like 0.611%. Um, they won 11-7 and seven in the conference. Four really big wins, um, two over UND, two over NDSU, especially sweeping both of those teams at the end of the regular season. But as you know, SDSU's kryptonite was Denver as well as USD. They didn't get a shot at USD in the conference tournament uh, because of losing to Denver. But those were the two teams that they just just were too much for SDSU to handle this year. South Dakota State is currently allowing 13.2 kills per set and earning 13 flats. So they're allowing 0.2 more than they are tallying um, per set. I personally feel like utilizing Ella Thompson out of the middle a little bit more can and should boost that number. I talk a lot about distributing the wealth. Um and that's just because I know that the Jacks can do it. They have five players well over the 100 kill mark. And Anna Nirad, I believe, has 94. So she's not far behind um, that 100 plus number of kills this season. And there's no reason that they can't and shouldn't be using everybody, um, in my opinion. I will say that, that if you listen to like other analysts or there's another podcast out there called six rotations those people are super smart they know exactly what they're talking about um they have stated that in being in that 13 to 14 kills per set range is what's going to win you sets and win you matches and i would have to agree with that so it's good to see sdsu um earning 13 kills per set but any less would be maybe not the best situation. So we definitely want to see that number jump up a little bit and setting all over the court um, will, will definitely help with that. Let's talk a little bit about SDSU's opponent, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Louisiana comes in to the NIVC at 15 and 12 after finishing their conference season at 500. So certainly not, um, near as good of a record as SDSU had. Um, the Cajuns, Raging Cajuns, went 8-8 eight and eight in their conference this year. Some notable matches for Louisiana include splitting with fellow NIVC tournament team Troy. They won one and lost one against Troy, as well as a 3-1 to one win over none other than North Dakota State, who is also in the NIVC um, that we will be talking about shortly. But they beat them back in September Somewhere down south. I can't quite remember where it was, but it was somewhere down south. 
So back to the stats thing. Um, Louisiana is currently averaging 12.2 kills per set. So that's one less, one whole kill less than SDSU is currently allowing. Um, Louisiana is also allowing 12.2 kills per set. So their stat is the same um, on both of those lines. This is a good thing for SDSU, in my opinion, because it means that Louisiana is not as effective at scoring as previous Jackrabbit opponents. That being said, the Jacks will need to increase their blocks per set and make it a point not to let their defense get lazy or fold up a little bit or whatever. Just because Louisiana scores less does not mean that you can go to sleep on them at all. Louisiana only hits... um, 0.208, but they hold their opponents to hitting 0.196. The Jacks are conditioned to hit around 230, 0.230. And Louisiana only allows their opponents to hit 196. So as much as the Jacks can't let their defense get lazy, they're also going to need to find a way to score, which brings me to Madison's key to the win for SDSU. Number one, Play solid defense. Like I just said, just because Louisiana is not as effective at scoring does not mean that you don't have to play defense. Number two, manufacture scores and take advantage of imperfect blocks. It's really hard. Well, for one, it's hard to be a hitter in volleyball, period. Um, But you don't have very long to figure out where that block is. Is it high? Is it off to the side? How are the hands positioned? Blah, 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 so on and so forth. You don't have very many seconds, if even a full second, to figure that out. But if SDSU can, they're going to have to take advantage of opportunities where they can hit off the block and force a block out of bounds or hit off high hands, force a tip, whatever it is, they're going to have to manufacture points from that. And then lastly, keeping Louisiana's defense honest, like I just said, distribute that wealth, set everyone, set everywhere, set the back row, like do whatever you have to do to push Louisiana out of system and keep their defense honest and not let them cheat on you. That's what I have for SDSU and Louisiana. That match will take place at 4 p.m. Central on Friday, December 2nd. That is this Friday, and it can be streamed on ESPN+. Plus. Just a reminder that you will need a subscription for that. That is not free. Um, so if you're planning on watching that match, as well as some of the other matches that we have going on for Summit League teams this weekend, subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. That will be where you can find all the goods. My predictions. So actually, I guess I should point out that the host school, Texas Rio Grande Valley, um, will play Houston Christian first. And then the winner of that and the winner of the SDSU match will match up. So my predictions... SDSU 3, Louisiana 1. You can call it bias. I'm going to call it confidence. Um, And then Texas Rio Grande Valley 3, Houston Christian 1. And then in the second round, I do have um, SDSU beating Texas Rio Grande Valley 3-2. to So I do see a five-setter, but I just think that SDSU's caliber is a little bit higher, a little bit better. Um, And if you look at the stats, it makes sense to me that SDSU could pull off two wins down in Texas. So that's what I have for that. I will be back in a hot second to talk about the rest of our matches. Her Turn is a scholarship program designed to provide sport opportunities to young girls within the Brookings community who may not otherwise have the chance. 
Recipients of a HerTurn scholarship will be able to attend an SDSU athletic camp of their choice at no cost to their family. Not only will a scholarship recipient attend the athletic camp, but they will also experience a college campus, build relationships, and interact with positive female role models. In addition, HerTurn strives to reduce any barrier families commonly face in sport experiences. HerTurn will work with families to provide transportation to and from the camp, as well as provide necessary equipment to attend the camp. HerTurn is affiliated with the Brookings Foundation. If you want to make an impact on young female experiences in sport, you can check out the HerTurn website at herturnsd.org and also donate through the Brookings Foundation website or through Venmo at herturnsd. You can also find HerTurn South Dakota on your regular social media networks with the handle at herturnsd. All right, I am back again this time to talk about the other Dakota school that is set for an NIVC appearance. North Dakota State will head down to my neck of the woods um, to Winston-Salem, North Carolina to play in the Wake Forest pod. Sidebar, I will be there. Um, I am so excited to drive up to Wake this weekend and uh, cover NDSU for our podcast and for our website. Um, And hopefully it will be two matches instead of one. So little sidebar, good luck. I can't wait to see you guys and I hope that it goes well for you and I will be there um, cheering you on in my head. I mean, I'm not going to cheer with a credential on, but you know, I I will... um, I will give you little cheers in my head. All right. NDSU ended their Summit League tournament run uh, at 21-11 overall after being bounced by Omaha in the semifinals 3-1. to A little note about that. Um, I think I briefly mentioned it earlier. Did not see that coming whatsoever. I just... Truthfully, that was not a good day for NDSU, um, and when I get to my keys to the win later, I that will be mentioned. That will be brought up. So notable wins for the Bison this year include um, a win over Big Sky Foe Montana State back in September, as well as defend, defeating excuse me the Summit League champion USD not once but twice this season, first in a five-set thriller 3-2 to two, and then 3-1 to one, um, in the last weekend of the Summit regular season. Despite being knocked out of the conference tournament, I truly, truly, truly believe that NDSU is playing some of its best volleyball right now. They're averaging just shy of 14 kills per set. So like I said earlier, that 13 to 14 range, um, according to the people who are smarter than me, is where you want to be as far as kills per set in order to win sets and win matches. And um, NDSU, I think it was 13.8 or 13.9 kills per set. So they're right, 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 right there at that 14 kills per set mark. And they're allowing less than 13. I think they're allowing 12.8. NDSU has also committed nearly 30 less blocking errors on the season than its opponents, meaning that the Bison know how to manufacture points. That's another, if you know me or have learned anything, my two favorite phrases are distribute the wealth and manufacture points. And the Bison know how to do both of those things. Finally, the Bison are Proficient in efficiency. Um, 13 of their 21 wins this season were in three sets. 
it doesn't get better than that. Like, I don't know what else to say. It does not get better than that. Um, If you can go out and win in three sets, the only other team to really do that this year, and I don't know their total, but um, would be Omaha. As far as the Summit League goes, I know they had six sweeps in a row. Um, which is incredible, but they're the only other team I can think of that had lots and lots and lots of three set matches. So yeah, like I said, I think NDSU is playing some of their best volleyball. Um, my preview for Davidson is going to be a bit shorter because I didn't have a lot of time, um, prepping for this and also am here by myself. Um, so I'll do what I can, but the the preview that I publish will be longer, but what you're getting on the podcast um, is kind of a condensed version of stuff that I've written for this week and stuff that I've yet to write for this week. And if you're keeping up with those previews, the USD preview came out yesterday. Um, that was my what I did on the plane back home after the Summit League tournament. I went up to Mitchell, South Dakota and spent some time with my parents and grandparents and um, just some friends up there. So I actually flew home yesterday. Um, just kidding. You're hearing this on Thursday. So I actually flew home on Tuesday night, um, got home at like 2 a.m. Wednesday morning. And this is what I did in the airport was write volleyball previews. So if you've read um, that USD preview that came out on Tuesday and I published my SDSU preview that we just kind of went over um, yesterday on Wednesday. So this NDSU preview is coming in hot as well as the Omaha and Pacific preview. So look for those um, on our website. We will always tweet out those links so that you can find them there um, and give us some clicks if you can. All right, let's talk about the Davidson Wildcats. The Wildcats are 21 and 10. They did lose in the first round of the Atlantic 10 Conference Tournament, I believe, to Dayton. Um, Notable wins for Davidson. I don't want this to sound harsh, but I really only see one, um, and that would be over ACC member Virginia Tech three to one. So while while it is only one notable win in my opinion, it is a very notable win um, to beat an ACC opponent. The ACC is not quite as tough as the Big Ten and the Big Twelve for volleyball, but it's getting there. Um, it is notoriously a tough conference. Those top few teams: um, Louisville, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Miami. Um, even NC State here and there. And then you have teams like obviously I'm partial to Clemson, um, but even Wake Forest didn't do so hot in the ACC this year, but seriously just around the corner, as is Clemson, as is Florida State. Everyone is seriously around the riverbend in the ACC. So super cool for Davidson to come out and get um, an ACC win. The Wildcats are averaging less than 13 kills per set, but are also allowing less than 13. So they are um, scoring less than 13 kills per set, or I guess landing less than 13 kills per set, which is good for the Bison because the Bison are obviously getting 14 and allowing less than 13. Um, So I do think that the Bison have the upper hand in that situation. A situation where the Bison truly do have the upper hand is – that the Wildcats have committed 56 blocking errors this season. So again, with the manufacturing points thing, if NDSU can take advantage of the block um, and force the ball to change direction off the blocker's hands, I truly think they're going to be just fine. Um, Keys to the win for NDSU, aside from what I just said, there really is only one. And I think that that's stringing together little runs to stay in the match and even just in the set. Um, 
everybody knows it's okay to drop a set. Not great to drop the first set, but it is okay to drop a set. And it's okay to drop two sets as long as you win the other three. You don't have to go out and win the first three sets every single time. I think that something that hurt NDSU in the conference tournament and actually when they played South Dakota State at the end of the Summit League regular season and got swept is just not being able to string together little runs. It kind of seems like one service error or two service errors turns into four service errors and a passing error, like an overpass or a miscommunication um, or whatever it is, allowing the other team to get a service ace or not being able to stay in system or whatever it is. And I just think that even like we saw a lot in the Summit League tournament from a lot of teams of just two points at a time back and forth. I wrote a lot of Oh, it's back and forth, like in my recaps of the tournament matches, but that's okay. Like back and forth volleyball is a lot better than Davidson going on a 10 to 2 run and NDSU finding themselves down 23 to 12 or something like that. Like that's not a good situation to be in. So I truly think outside of manufacturing those points, like I said, like we know NDSU can do as long as they can string together little runs and stay in the match. Um, not get down more than three points, maybe four, I think they'll be just fine. I think that NDSU is better than Davidson. I really don't think this should be an issue, but of course we never want to overlook anyone. So that is what I have for NDSU and Davidson. That match will take place on Friday, December 2nd at 2 p.m. Central Time. That also, I believe, will be on ESPN Plus, excuse me. Um, And like I said, that will be happening at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Should NDSU win, they will play either Wake Forest or Coppin State. Now, I do know um, a bit about Wake Forest, as I said, just from them being in the ACC. I just um, recently saw them again play Clemson last week. But Coppin State, y'all, I saw them um, on TV in the MEAC tournament, and holy crap, this is a good team. They're 23-10 and 10, um, out of the MEAC. They're just – I can't remember their coach's name, but the play-by-play and the color person were talking on the broadcast during the MEAC tournament about how that coach has said that he literally – has never been on a recruiting visit. Every player that he has signed has been like, he watched their film, like over the phone, like literally convincing people over the phone, over Zoom, over FaceTime, whatever, to come to Coppin State because that program simply does not have the money to go out and recruit. So he has never been on a recruiting visit. And I want to say, I I might get this wrong. I know he's been there at least three years. I want to say it's six though, that in six years, he's never been on a recruiting visit. Um, but yeah, absolutely insane. And if, I mean, if you have time, if you're a volleyball fanatic, go onto ESPN plus and find that NIAC match between Coppin State and Delaware State. It went the way of Delaware State, but Coppin State is good. Or go watch any match that Coppin State has played. Um, should NDSU face Coppin State in that second round? I I don't know what's going to happen. I, NDSU might be in a little bit of trouble to be honest. I'm always here to support my summit, summit teams, but I'm obsessed with the way that Coppin State plays volleyball. 
So definitely look out for Coppin State. Check them out. Um, and then you tell me if you can believe that Coach has never been on a recruiting visit because that is freaking insane. All right. So again, NDSU this Friday playing Davidson um, at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Should they win, they will play either Coppin State or host school Wake Forest in the second round. And that game would take place on Saturday. Uh, also, I didn't mention with SDSU, should they win and get to the second round, that game will also take place on Saturday as well. And I would assume that both of those matches will be on ESPN+. Plus. All right, we are through SDSU and NDSU, so now it is time to talk about our third and final Summit League team in the NIVC, and that is the Omaha Mavericks. They are headed out to the West Coast. They will face Pacific in the first round, um, and they will play those matches at Portland State. So, obviously, Omaha finished the Summit League season after dropping the conference championship match, which honestly is nothing to be ashamed of as the Yotes are three-peating. But the Mavericks, being the runner-up, are the Summit League's auto-bid into the NIVC. So they actually didn't even technically need to get invited. They were like the automatic qualifier. So like I said, they will go to Portland State and they will face the University of the Pacific. Should they win, they will play either Portland State or Santa Clara. So Omaha played some tough, tough, tough non-conference matches um, this year. Matt Buttermore alluded to that and discussed that when he was on the podcast with us a couple of months ago. And though Omaha dropped those matches, it likely helped them prepare for the match against Pacific. So who did Omaha play this year? Well, they were swept by South Carolina and Florida State, SEC and ACC. um, But they lost five set battles to both Central Florida and Crosstown rival Creighton, who are both in the final NCAA top 25 of this season. Um, In the big NCAA tournament, they're only seeding one through 16 overall. So Central Florida did not get seeded overall as they finished um, number 21, but number, or excuse me, Creighton is the number 14 national seed. So certainly nothing to be ashamed about there. Although of course they would have liked to have won, um, that match. Buttermore did tell us on the show that Central Florida should have been a win. Um, I don't know if we aired that or not, but he he did say that, that, that Omaha should have won that match, and I would be hard-pressed not to agree with that. So Omaha has played some tough opponents. Some they could have won, some that just weren't weren't um, quite working out for them, but Omaha has been conditioned to play tough opponents. Omaha is over the 14 kills per set mark at 14.1 and is allowing 12.2. Those are really, really, really strong numbers and it hopefully should benefit the Mavs out West this week. Let's talk about what Pacific brings to the court. Now, the Tigers went 8-10 and 10 in their conference, and I understand that you may think, well, 8-10, and 10, like why are you saying that they're a tough opponent? Because they play in the West Coast Conference. The West Coast Conference is home to BYU, LMU, Pepperdine, San Diego, four teams, one of which uh, got the West Coast Conference automatic qualifier, which was San Diego, and the other three who um, were in 
BYU has been ranked the entire season in the top 25. Pepperdine's been in and out of the rankings, but definitely someone to look out for, kind of a dark horse, if you will. LMU, I said at the very beginning of the year that they were going to be a sleeper, um, and they were definitely someone that I would look out for. Pacific did beat BYU in five sets in their first meeting of the season. Uh, The Tigers forfeited the second meeting between BYU, um, so that went down as a loss on paper, but they did beat them once, and I I really think that's worth something. And even though they are getting um, swept by LMU and swept by Pepperdine, and I actually I don't think I saw what their match um, result was against um, San Diego, but to play against these tough teams and lose, especially to lose in three sets, can be very defeating and deflating. But Pacific is experienced in this because they have to do it all the time. And I truly think that that's going to help them approach Omaha um, in the same way that they would approach any of their conference foes. So what can Omaha do to make sure that they win this match? Big Mariah Murdy blocks and big Shayla McCormick blocks. Of course, like we want the kill total um, to be high. Of course, we want service aces. But I really think that it's going to be defensive for Omaha. They don't need any help on offense. They know how to score. Um, I don't think Pacific is going to pose big defense. I think Pacific is really going to focus on their offense. And if Omaha can focus on their defense, then I think that they will be um, just fine. Pacific's kills per set number is 12-something, certainly something that Omaha can handle. So yeah, big Murdy blocks. Big McCormick blocks, and I think that the Mavs will be just fine to um, sail into that second round where they will likely face, I will predict, Portland State. That will be a little bit tougher. Um, Portland State almost, almost, almost beat Northern Colorado for the Big Sky Championship. That was a five-set thriller that Northern Colorado won 3-2. to two. Um, So I do think Portland State would be a little bit more of a challenge for the Mavs, but I also think that Omaha can beat them as well. So my predictions for you for this Portland State pod, um, for Omaha Pacific, I am going to go ahead and say Omaha 3, Pacific 1. I do think Pacific is going to get one good set um, out of themselves, but I think Omaha should be able to shut it down. And then I will go ahead and say, uh, who is Portland State playing? Oh, Santa Clara. Yeah, uh, Portland State 3 to nothing. That's a sweep. Um, that should be a, a nifty little one hour and 40 minute match and that should be fine. And then I think that Omaha will beat Portland state in the second round three to two. That one's going to be three to two with lots of extra points. Um, if you, if you ask me, am I right? Uh, Probably not. I have been right very few times this season. Um, but this is just what I see looking at the stats and thinking about all of the volleyball that I've seen. this season. So yeah, that's what I think about Omaha and Pacific. I think that Omaha um, will run the table in that pod and I hope that they do. And then we can be back here next week talking about how three of our teams are advancing in the NIVC. I will be back in just a beat to wrap us up with some NCAA tournament talk.
All right. I am back uh, for the final time tonight. I know that I apologize too much, but I am going to apologize again. I just need to take a breather for a hot minute. Um, This is a lot to do by myself, and I am proud of myself for doing it, but also, like, this is super stressful, but also, also, I was totally not comfortable not putting an episode out this week. Um, Our teams have worked really, really, really hard this season, and for four of our teams to be in postseason play, it's immaculate to me, Um, and I love it, so... I was going to be here um, spewing my opinions, which most of you probably don't care about anyway, Um, but I felt that I had worked too hard and Joel had worked too hard this season um, to not do an episode this week. So I am freaking out a little bit. Um, This has been a challenge and a journey to do on my own tonight, Um, but I'm also really glad that I'm doing it because life is all about new things, right? New horizons, new perspective. chase your dreams because they won't chase you back, that type of thing. So let's talk about USD before you all tell me that I need to go to therapy. (laughs) All right. Uh, The Coyotes are in the NCAA tournament again for the fourth time in five years and for the third consecutive year after winning the Summit League Volleyball Championship last weekend. After they picked up the confetti, though, they had to get prepared uh, for, for this tournament. So USD will play you guessed it, in Omaha again. It feels like we were just there. Wow, we get to go back. This time on Creighton's campus, though, as I previously mentioned, as the Blue Jays are the number 14 national seed and the number four seed in the Stanford region. So um, on the other side of that pod, Creighton will face unranked Auburn to open its tournament play. Sidebar, I really don't know why Auburn's in the tournament. Um, You could argue their best win is over Georgia. And, like, you could argue that that should – you can't argue that that should put them in the tournament, though. I uh, I don't know. I don't really know why Auburn's in the tournament. <laughs> um, but they are. But they won't be for long because Creighton's going to beat them. Um, On our Summit League side of the pod, USD will face regional number five, Houston. Houston is not nationally ranked, but they are uh, ranked number five in the region because remember this year that the committee is seeding one through 16 overall and also seeding one through eight in each region. So the Coyotes are boasting an absolutely immaculate 29 and three record. They've won nearly 91% of their matches, if you can believe that. That's just insane to me. Um, go ahead and read that preview that I put, um, out on our seventh rotation podcast website. It's quite in depth, um, into every month, wins and losses that the coyotes had. I will kind of condense it for you just a little bit. Um, in September, the coyotes swept Cal state Bakerfield and also beat West Virginia in four sets when they played in that little South Dakota classic at home. They also beat Northern Colorado the next day, who ended up being the Big Sky champion. So that's really good for them. Um, that multi-team event was good for the Yotes. They came out 3-0 and put a Big 12 win in the books and also a win over an eventual automatic qualifier into the NCAA tournament. Down at South Florida, USD beat Stetson, Cornell, and host school South Florida. Two of those were sweeps. Uh, they beat Stetson 3-1. to one. The other two were sweeps. And then they also beat eventual Big Sky runner-up that we just discussed, Portland State. 
Other wins included New Mexico, Texas, El Paso. Oh my gosh, who else? Um, Northern Kentucky as well. Only non-conference loss, as we know, was to number four Louisville, who is still number four. Certainly nothing to be ashamed about there. Junkie still came out of there with 15 kills. Um, the only thing that was maybe negative about that was that the Coyotes hit negative percentage in the first set, and then they failed to reach the 15-point mark in two of those um, sets against Louisville. But other than that, that's certainly nothing to be sad about. The Coyotes had two 13-match win streaks. Um this season, just absolutely insane. And they were both ended by none other than North Dakota State. The first 13-match win streak stopped on September 27th uh, when North Dakota State beat the Coyotes. And then the second 13-match win streak was broken up at the end of the season when North Dakota State beat the Coyotes. So those were probably the two lowest points of the season for USD. They're really, like I keep continuing to say, is nothing else to be sad about. Um, Last weekend, as you know, the Oats ran the table at the conference tournament. They swept Denver in the semifinal and they swept host school and former regular season champion program Omaha in the championship match. Elizabeth Junkie continues to lead the nation in total kills with 660 this season, which is over 80 more than the second place holder, which is Youngstown State's Paula Gershing. Junkie's second in the nation in kills per set with 5.37. I also believe that she is leading the nation in points scored, um, but check me on that. And then USD is 29th in the nation as a team for opponent hitting percentage. Two slots behind none other than the Houston Cougars, who sit at 27th, and that is who USD is facing. USD finished November averaging 13.38 kills per set while allowing 11.8 should these numbers hold, and we think they will. It will make for an entertaining matchup with Houston on Friday because Houston is currently averaging 13.9 kills per set and allowing 11.3. So those numbers are very, 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 very close together, and it should be interesting. So let's talk about what Houston brings to the table. Oh, I definitely lied about Houston not being ranked nationally. That's my bad. They are the national number 23. I probably meant, though, that they're not ranked nationally in the tournament because they're only seeding 1 through 16. Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, my bad, my bad. All right, so regional number five, Houston, comes into the NCAA tournament with a 28-3 and record and a winning percentage just over 90, which is just shy of matching USD's winning percentage, but the Cougars have played one less match than the Yotes, so I would put them fairly even. Notable wins and losses for Houston. Houston defeated fellow NCAA tournament teams LSU and High Point in September. Houston also has Pac-12 and SEC wins under its belt after beating Oregon State and Mississippi State both in five sets. Houston also defeated in-conference foe Central Florida 3-1, who we previously discussed just a little bit, Um, but they lost 2-3 to the Knights in the conference tournament, but because of sets one overall, Houston earned the automatic bid anyway. Also in the AAC is South Florida, a team that I just said that USD swept previously, and Houston played South Florida twice this season, dropping two sets total to the Bulls, but winning both matches three to one. Houston did lose to um, national number 20 Rice at the beginning of the season. So obviously a pretty 
impressive resume for Houston. This is definitely not going to be a cakewalk for the Yotes. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Yotes can win no problem. But what is the good news? Despite Houston being Houston being number 23, we think this is a fairly even matchup. Houston does not have anyone even remotely close to Elizabeth Junkie's kill total. Good thing and a bad thing. Um, I'll get into that in a second, actually. So the Cougars have played some of the same teams as well as teams of a similar caliber as USD, and they've played those teams at about the same level as USD has as well. So again, fairly, fairly even from my perspective anyway. What can we be aware of? So this is what I said I was just going to get to. While Houston does not have anyone remotely close to Elizabeth Junkie's kill total, they have hitters everywhere. This thing that I've been saying that um, SDSU and Kansas City and whoever can do more of, Houston's good at it. They do have multiple players that can hit from anywhere. You never know where that set's going to go, and that's why their individual kill totals are smaller. Other teams in that pod, just briefly, again, national number 14 and regional number four, Creighton, they are going to just strut into their home gym with a 27-4 and four record after winning nearly 95% of their matches. Um, a note of small importance, should USD beat Houston and then go on to play Creighton, Creighton and USD did face off in an exhibition at the beginning of the season. They played four sets and Creighton won all four. Granted, that was August, um, so you never know what's changed. Notable wins for Creighton include uh, USC, Iowa State, K-State, and Florida State, but the Blue Jays did lose in five to Rice and Nebraska. Auburn, like I said, their best wins both came against Georgia, um, 3-1 and 3-2. The Tigers did also beat Missouri, so on the chance that they end up playing the Yotes, they have a similar experience in that, um, but also Missouri's at the bottom of the SEC, so there's that. One more notable win for Auburn comes over Troy, who did not quite make it into the NCAA tournament, but will be playing in the NIVC. Um, so USD will face Houston on Friday, December 2nd at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Creighton will face Auburn on Friday at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN+. All-time central. And Madison's predictions for you. First round, USD 3, Houston 2. Going to be a battle, but I... I think the Yotes can do it. Um, also, first round, Creighton 3, Auburn 0. That's literally not going to be a battle at all. And then second round, don't hate me, but I think it's going to be Creighton 3-2 to two over USD. Do I think the Yotes can run the table? Absolutely. Are they going to? I don't know. It's going to be hard to beat Creighton at home. Advantages for USD, though, Omaha's two hours from Vermillion. So honestly, like even if you're not a Yotes fan, if you just like volleyball, if you like Summit League volleyball, if you live in Sioux Falls, Yankton, Sioux City, just go. Just go and have a good time. Support the Yotes. Um, they're going to need it. But they I, they can do this. Like I truly can't believe this is coming out of my mouth as a jackrabbit, but I truly, truly, truly believe in the Coyotes. And I truly, truly, truly think that they can run the table. I don't know if they will. I think they can. Um, I think that Creighton probably will get them in that in that second round match should USD get that far, but it's certainly very possible. Um, I, I'll say this. I won't be surprised if the Yotes pull it off. I won't. Even though that's not what I think is going to happen, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I would be extremely shocked because the Yotes are just <laughs> a team with unmatched chemistry. And 
part of that comes from talent. Part of that comes from who those women are as women, as humans. A huge chunk of that comes from Leanne being there for so long. Longevity is so important. Um, And Leanne is such a good coach. Leanne, if you're hearing this, you're a great coach and an even better human. And I literally am so proud to know you. Um, But yeah, I kind of like NDSU. I think the Yotes are playing some of their best volleyball right now. And there ain't no time to be playing great volleyball better than now. So that's what I have for you. I just did that by myself. You guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm taking bows on my couch. Oh, my gosh. Yay. I'm so proud of myself. All right. Sorry. I'm a little vain. That's my bad. Um, I have nothing else for you. Please, please, please tweet at me this weekend. Tweet with us. Tweet for us. I have no idea how we're going to keep up with four matches. Um, They do all start at different times, but they also do all overlap. So as soon as I get out of that NDSU match at Wake Forest, I will scurry back to my hotel room. Um, I actually, I don't know if I'm staying there. If NDSU happens to lose, I think I'm going to pop up to Virginia and back my Clemson Tigers and coach Jackie Keir. Um because I just absolutely love giving them all the support in the world. However, if NDSU wins, I will definitely stay in Winston-Salem and I will show up again on Saturday. So if NDSU wins, I will scurry back to my hotel room and literally have all of these matches on like three different devices (laughs) um, to be tweeting as much as I possibly can. But We'll do our best to keep you posted. Do your best to keep us posted. As always, DM us with any questions, comments that you have, things you want us to talk about. Um, hit us in the replies. If you haven't guessed it yet, we love to talk about volleyball. So any comments that you have, um, we would love to have a friendly little chat, friendly little debate, or, or whatever it is. All right. I'll see you guys later. Don't forget to see on the summit. <laughs>